You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Doing well. Healthy, live, safe. Yeah. Fantastic. Sorry, I was taking a drink of water. Where would you like to start today? That is a good question. Uh, there's a lot of things in the news today. Not really big things. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we've got... Yeah, go uh, ahead. I'll tell you what. Let, let's start with this, right? Because we, we talked about this for the last couple of days now. Uh, you know how we've been talking about the, um, the low amounts of deaths? As in like the 9,000, you know, you were talking about like the 6% number uh-huh. of the uh-huh. 180. Okay, well, Dr. Fauci's back. The Grim Reaper in a Gucci suit, he's back. I guess he's apparently made a recovery. I thought they were supposed to be out for like six months or something if he had one of those surgeries. I don't know. Maybe they've improved it or something. Uh, yeah. Well, either way, he's out of recovery and he's back out there in his nice press suit. Looks like he got himself a nice haircut. So he's come out now and he said that, oh, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, because you notice Fauci was sidelined. He was down having that surgery. And then all of a sudden, all this stuff started to come out. And now Fauci's caught that. And he said, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Let there not be any confusion. He said, it's not 9,000 deaths from COVID-19. It's 180,000 plus deaths. He said the point the CDC was trying to make was that a certain percentage of deaths had nothing else but COVID. That does not mean that someone who has hypertension or diabetes who dies of COVID didn't die of COVID-19. They did. (laughs) I've heard of beating the dead horse before. But this thing's like completely rotted out and there's like maggots falling off of it in the town square. Yeah. Like that, that's yeah. how much of a dead horse this is. And he is beating yeah. the hell out of it. Yeah. So here's the thing I wanted to know as well, uh, which they didn't show, is the data on the 6%. What was the age group? Uh, what was the demographic for them? They didn't well, list any of that, unfortunately. They, yeah, they, they didn't list that. But I would venture to say that it was 85 plus. In, in most cases, maybe not all of them, but in most cases, yeah. I'm, I'd venture to say it was 85 plus. I honestly, we pointed it out with the, the comorbidity thing. It was 2.6 was the average of these uh, people that died of COVID-19, quote unquote. Those people would have died from those diseases anyway. That's the thing is like, yeah, COVID-19 may have accelerated it, but it was not the cause for those conditions. It was just an agitator, if you will. So Saying that, yeah, it was COVID-19 that killed them is not accurate at all. Someone with hypertension that dies having COVID-19 does not mean COVID-19 killed them. It might mean that COVID-19 accelerated it, sure, but uh, they died of hypertension, like heart attack, heart disease. Let's be honest. If you were to go, you covered the the dollar amounts. It was an insurance scam. Look at how much money a hospital would get paid if they declared a COVID-19 patient. And then if that person succumbed to COVID-19 comorbidity, if they listed COVID-19 on the death certificate, they got paid even more. Mm-hmm. So look, it, the whole thing, it's its complete nonsense. That's what they're using to cook up the numbers. That's what they're using to push up the fear. And, and that's what we've done. We followed this guy's recommendations through everything. And by the way, I'm glad he made a recovery. I, I really am. I'm glad he made a recovery. Yeah. Now it's time to destroy the sun the son of a whatever politically. But anyway, and I'm glad that he's up there making uh, horrendous statements like this again, because that just continues to show the type of person that he is. And 
it's time to move on. And the White House has booted him, right? Him and uh, and the scarf lady, they're gone. Yeah. Along with uh, Jerome Adams. Yeah, the Surgeon General Jerome Adams. So these three are gone. And there's a new guy that's coming in. Dr. Scott Atlas. Do you know anything about this guy? I, I don't. And to say that they're gone is probably not accurate. They're they're mm-hmm. still there in the positions that they hold. It's just they're not in the public eye, if you will. Like Trump's not putting them on stage. So, I mean, you know, just kind of a caveat there. They're, they're still going to give, um, you know, advice and, and whatnot. And I, they're still part of the, the task force, but they're just not on stage. As far as Atlas, um, the only thing that I've seen is he's not an epidemiologist and he's not a um um biologist so that that's the only thing i've seen that news is reported on him says here that he is neither an epidemiologist nor an infectious disease expert he's made uh, frequent appearances on the fox news channel and his ideology uh, surely caught the president's eye apparently this is uh of course this is coming out of the uh, uh the new york times so uh, i honestly i i don't know I don't even know what he's a doctor of, but I guess let's just see what he has to say. I mean, I don't know. I've never even heard of this guy. According to him, uh, he says that uh, the science of mask wearing is not certain and that children cannot pass on the coronavirus and that the role of government is to not stamp out the virus, but to protect its most vulnerable citizens as it runs its course. That like That's his stance no. on the surface. I well, I don't even agree with that stance. It's not the job of the government to protect them from a virus. <laughs> God, yeah, I agree a, because if you, it, yeah, I agree because if you follow along that particular line, then we're going to end up in the same situation we're already in, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, if this were if this were something like a nerve agent or or you know something more serious, then okay, I I, I could I could relent to that, but it's not. This is the flu. It's less than the flu. By the numbers, that's correct. They're trying to spin it like uh, Trump didn't like the uh, the advice that he was getting. So it, like he wasn't getting the answers that he wanted. So he just uh, axed uh, Fauci and Burks. But look, let's be honest. By listening to these people in the first place, we've put ourselves in a worse situation. And then what did I say yesterday? They're not going to admit fault. They're never going to admit fault. They're going to double down. Fauci's doubling down already. The guy hasn't been out of the hospital yeah. 15 minutes and he's doubling down again. It's ridiculous. He's saying, no, 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 no. The CDC didn't say what they said. Which, by the way, Facebook's actually delisting the CDC, like their actual website now, when people link to it with their new numbers and their new reports and their new data. Twitter and Facebook are actually taking it down. Of course. And then Fauci's coming back out saying, no, 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 no. That's not what the CDC said. What the CDC said was the deaths were actually 180,000. And it's even higher than that because those numbers are conservative. That's what Fauci said. That's doubling down. That's doubling down. And it's like, dude, can you just like, is it possible for you to just like retire or something? Can can you just go away? Right. Can can we get can we get things moving again? The numbers are are there. And and the fact is, we have not seen since the beginning of this thing. We have not seen a hospital system, a medical system that has become overrun at all. We're still not seeing it. And they're still sticking to this. They're still sticking to this. And and we can sit here and we can argue this from now until the cows come home. Right. We can argue this all day long and it's not going to change their stance and it's not going to change our stance, is it? It's not going to change our stance of the people that can see through this fraud on the face of it. Right. We can see through that. The average person out there, I think, is they're starting to get it now. They're saying, wait a minute. 
this really isn't what they say. But you've always got the crowd of truly stupid lemmings. I'm still seeing the people out there walking around in public by themselves wearing a mask. I'm still seeing it. I'm still seeing it. These people, you can't do anything with them. You can't reach them. At least not in the current time. You can't reach them. You can't reach them. The only way you're going to be able to reach them is if the agenda stops and they see that everyone else is getting on with their lives. But those types of people, they're sheep to the end. There's really no way you can kind of coax them out of it. But more than that, the establishment, the ones that are in government, the ones that are in appointed positions, elected positions and the like that are continuing to carry this agenda, they're not going to change their stance. We're thinking that tomorrow maybe we're just going to wake up and they're somehow magically going to say, oh, yeah, OK. Um, yeah, yeah, we look, we made this mistake and and OK, well, maybe it's not quite as bad as what we said. And so, yeah, we, we should start reopening things. No, they're not going to take that stance. They're going to double down. Doubling down. And I've got people that are telling me and people I was on the phone today with people, you know, a couple of different people. They've got kids. They've got kids that are now being forced to stay home from school. And they know all this stuff that we're sitting here talking about. They know all this stuff. Even the teachers that they talk to say, yeah, we know. But yet no one's standing up. No one's pushing back because the appointed people, the ones that are in the elected people, the ones that are in the school boards, they're on board with this. The politicians, they're on board with this. The media, they're on board with this. The community leaders, they're, you know, they're all on board with this. They're all delusional nutcases. They're in that cult. And that's what it is. I, I have no shame in calling it that because that's what it is. And we, the people that can see through it, we must be made to conform to that cult. Well, I'm not a sheep and, and I'm not going to be pushed into that. It's not going to happen. Now, I, don't, I can't speak to the average person out there, whether or not you, you go along with that. That's your business. But on the face of this thing, it's all nonsense. It's all nonsense. And to the point of, example, homeschooling, right, to, to answer the questions of the parents that I spoke to today that, look, some of them don't have time to be able to do this. I also talked to someone else today who said that where they live, they don't have necessarily good Internet access. And so they can't homeschool. It's not possible. And I know what your answer to that would be, Bruce. Well, just give everybody free Internet because it's you know being inclusive, <laughs> which you'd be completely facetious by saying so. But anyway, the point is, is that they want everything done virtually. They want the remote offices. They want the remote classrooms. They want the, um, the virtual office, the telecommuting. They want this. Why? So they can control the agenda within that structure itself. So when you try to argue a point or you try to push back onto a point or you try to make a case for saying how ridiculous this is, well, they can just turn you off. They don't have to listen to you. They don't have to look you in the eye. They don't have to see that you're determined to shut them down. See, when you get face to face like that with somebody, that's when they start to buckle. You start to see how weak they are. And more than that, they start to see how weak they are themselves. And they can't have that. They can't have that. They need to be able to maintain going forward in a system that they've created for them to have the control and for you to capitulate to that control. I, I agree. The, the other thing that we've we've kind of touched on before and talked about is the side effects of these lockdowns, the side effects of the, um, you know, keeping kids away from uh, other kids, you know, the social interactions that you learn. Um, those, those formative years, you, you learn how to interact with other human beings and you learn how, uh, social hierarchies work, right? Because pretty much social hierarchies you learned in middle school and high school, that pretty much stays. That's, that's the default when you, when you get into the real world, that that's really similar. Um, so it's, it's good to learn them at an early age. And then on top of that, some kids just learn better in person, getting like the, the actual interaction and everything. 
uh, than other kids. I just, I don't understand why the, uh, I do understand, but it, in a logical sense, in a, in a, um, if you're truly saying, uh, if you truly mean what you're saying, sense, why are we still having the kids stay at home? Why are we, because this is doing more damage in the long term to businesses, to uh, students. Uh, it's just, it's not, it's not good for society to do what we're doing, shutting everything down and locking everyone. And on top of that, the masks, we've talked about this one, how it dehumanizes people, right? You're no longer able to really interact with people. You, you don't get the, the full experience with seeing facial expressions and the, the tone of voice kind of changes because you have to talk behind a mouth, you know, and you can't understand each other. It's just, I, I wish it would get, it just, just get, get this over with. Uh, so the only way it's going to happen though, is as we've said, you're going to have to stand up as, as the people and you're going to have to tell them no. And we're at that point now we, we have to, we have to stand up and say no. Mm-hmm. And I think the longer this goes on and, and the more you allow the agenda to continue based on based on falsehoods, right? This is not like you're doing something and it's completely unjust and you're, you're you're trying to cause problems. No, this is a situation where it's warranted to cause problems because the problems are being caused to you. Yeah, your life is changing because it's being forced upon you. It's not something you chose and it's being pushed onto us all. Not just one of us, not just one country, but we're being forced to accept this agenda based on fraud. And it's continuing yeah. that way. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've said this off recording and I think I've said it on recording before as well. This these lockdowns, the, the, the shutting, shutting everything down. OK. And which was only supposed to be flattening the curve. But if you were to shut everything down completely in your country, the minute you open back up, you're going to have the infection come from another country, assuming you wiped it out completely in your own country. So. The fact of shutting down is not going to do it. You have to shut down the entire world. 100%. Everyone has to be locked into their homes uh, for at least two weeks so that the, the, the virus stops spreading. Really, it would have to be a month because it, in case it spreads among the, the uh, residents of, of the home, you know, the families. And then you would be allowed to open up again. And do you know the kind of damage that would happen in that four weeks time for the economy? I mean... It, it's not it's not feasible. It, it's not possible. But I mean, they, they keep telling us we have to lock down. We can't do business. Businesses have to uh, function at reduced capacity. And uh, it's just this is nonsense. There is no logic to any of this. No, there's there's really none. Well, there is logic to it. And we know the logic behind it, but it's not the logic that we understand. It's logic that the elite are dictating to try and shut society down so they can re buy it all up for pennies on the dollar and then they can re-engineer it. And to that point, I think that the assumption you made about the mass exoduses in the cities, I think you were actually onto something there. And by that, I mean, they're purposely being forced out of the cities, right? The shutdowns, yeah. the rioting, you know, people, the, the violence, people don't want to be around that. So people are fleeing. They're going out into the suburbs. They're going out into rural America. Well, guess which way that, that uh, those of us that come from those parts of the country, guess which way we vote? We're having the cities flushed out and they're being flushed out onto the areas of the country that wouldn't vote for that garbage. And then you're going to have mega corporations. You're going to have central bankers finance capital corrupt finance capital, foreign investors, they're going to go in and they're going to buy up those cities for pennies on the dollar. They're going to buy up that real estate because no one wants it now, right? Mm -hmm. Rents down in Manhattan, 30%. Vacancies are off the chart. Companies are having to telecommute. 
So I think it's going to be what you said, Bruce. I think it's going to be, I think you're really onto something. I think it's going to be the re-engineering of the cities itself. They're going to rebuild the cities based on uh, Agenda 2030. That's what it's going to be. They're going to redo them. uh, And it's going to be that. And if you go into those cities, it's going to be the 250 square foot coffin apartments that we're going to talk about tomorrow, uh, which we were going to talk about that today. We had to push that back a day. I think that's what it's going to be. I think you're really onto something there. And to understand how you defeat that, you say, well, wait a minute, we don't want to live like that. We don't want to live in a country like that. We don't want to have that kind of agenda forced upon us. Well, then we're going to have to make a decision as a country in order to stop that from happening. And you say, okay, well, how do you stop that from happening? All I can do is vote. Uh, Okay. Voting only works so much. Okay, voting only works so much in a situation like this. What needs to happen in this case is you can't just simply vote these people out of the way. Unfortunately, I mean, we're too far down the road for that now. It's too late. We can't just vote these people out of the way. You have to identify the corruption now. You have to have people go in. You have to have them arrest people that are corrupt. You have to get rid of that cancer, right? That tumor that's that's killing us. When I say tumor, you talk about, uh, you know, you look at it from a form of like a cancerous tumor, right? Well, what mm-hmm. is cancer, right? Cancer is a disease that eats away at healthy living tissue, but it needs a host in order to survive, right? But mm-hmm. if cancer doesn't have that host, it dies, right? The whole thing dies. So here's the thing. If we don't get rid of that cancerous growth, if we don't get rid of that tumor that's eating out our substance, if we don't get rid of that, if we don't perform emergency surgery and get rid of this, I don't know of any other way to put it for it to make sense. But if we don't cut out this problem, then we're all going to die as a result of it. And I'm talking about politically, nationally, economically, the like, right? Culturally, you name it. We're done. We're done. If we don't address this problem and voting is only going to get you so far, right? I I get that. Other action has to be taken here. See, the Republicans aren't going to do anything just like the Democrats aren't going to do anything. We're we're looking for solutions in that. And that's not that's not the answer here as far as I'm concerned. And we're looking for solutions to this problem by the people that are part of this problem. So we're saying, okay, well, uh, yes, the Republicans, we're going to vote for them. Well, look, they want the sweet deals with China, too. That's part of the problem. We already know where the Democrat investments are. We already know where those are. The Republican investments are in the same place. So voting only works so far. It's it's a matter of addressing the issues at hand from a legal standpoint, from a legal standpoint, not from a ballot box, but from a legal standpoint. Now, when you sell out a country, when you sell out your nation for money, for profit, at the detriment of that nation, well, there's only one word for that. There's only one word for that. You know... I would like to be able to say we could go in and do exactly as you were saying and and root out the corruption and get that out. Maybe I'm just being a Debbie Downer and just saying that, uh, no, this I, I think we're past that point. I don't think we have anybody that will stand up to that. Sure, you'll have the average citizenry do it, but uh, you're going it, to it's not going to go well. Because you'll mm-hmm. have law enforcement that that'll resist, and I, I, I don't well, know that got, law enforcement. We've got will law even enforcement at this point. We got law enforcement that won't won't do what needs to be done now. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's partly my point. Is they're not they're not handling or taking care of um, the riots and whatnot, and they're listening to they're listening to the mayor and the, the governors, and uh, uh, so honestly, honestly, what I would recommend people do is is more so yes change your voting habits yes like um try to i don't know man recall the the mayor or 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 governor or whatever but honestly as on an individual level just be prepared i mean 
you need to have a bug out bag. You need to have food. You need to have, I mean, you need to have stuff on, on store because um, things are looking, I, I, I don't personally believe we're going to get out of this, right? I'm hoping that we will. I'm, I'm trying to do everything that we know to do to get people out, but I, I, I just, I think we're, we're going to go through this and we're going to, well, yeah, so just be prepared. We're going to have to go through it. Yeah. Like I said yesterday, there's going to be some hardships, economic and otherwise, right? It's, it's going to be there. there. There's no, there's no getting around that. So yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. But as far as how bad it's going to be, that's anybody's guess at this point. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I wish I did. Uh, and, and I wish that, um, I, I wish that I could kind of put it into perspective as to how much people should be prepared for something and how much they, uh, they should plan for. But I don't have an answer for that. Uh, there are many, um, survivalist prepper podcasts out there. That's the only thing I can say is uh, there's there's plenty of information online. However, we talked there briefly about the mayors in the city mm-hmm. and uh, Ted Wheeler, right? Ted Wheeler, the, the fine upstanding mayor of the city of Portland, <laughs> right? The fine the upstanding mayor. mayor. Mm-hmm. He's, he's probably, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, uh, pull the guy's chain here or anything, but, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to say this from a bias standpoint, but it's quite possible he could be one of the best mayors in the country. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's possible. Mm-hmm. It is entirely possible. Just the same as as Governor Cuomo could possibly be the best governor in the country. He, he just could mm-hmm. be. He could be. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's going to be for the mayor. It's going to be a it's it's a tough running between Lori Lightfoot and um, de Blasio. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's kind of, you know. And uh, what is it? Newsom? Oh, yeah, de Blasio. It, yeah, I forgot uh, about de Blasio. Who's who's over L.A.? What was it? Was it Garcetti. Uh, Garcetti. Yeah, Garcetti. Garcetti. It's, thank you. It's, yes, yes. It's tough. Yeah. You, when you put it into perspective like that, you start naming all these other rock stars, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, difficult. Yeah. It, it's it's tough to pick. It's really tough to pick. But I mean, OK, mm-hmm. Ted Wheeler, uh, this loser. OK, because that <laughs> this, this bum. Guess what? BLM, which was a bunch of white people, by the way, stormed his condo, the building. OK, the mm-hmm. building where his condo mm-hmm. is, uh, where, where he lives. And he I guess he's got a condo that's in uptown Portland or something. And they took to the lobby. We, we talked about that. They stormed in the lobby and they chained themselves to like furniture and, and utilities and stuff in there. Security would not get them out of the building. They wanted the mayor to um, come down and, uh, and talk to them and see to their demands. Well, quite frankly, I don't know what his problem was. I, I really don't know what his problem was. He was out there in the streets with them. But now that they've hit his doorstep, well, he's had a little bit of a change of heart, hasn't he? Same thing with, uh, you know what, Bruce, we forgot about Jenny Durkin up in Seattle and how she was promoting the, uh, the Chaz uh, occupied zone. And it was, ta- was talking about how it's going to be the summer of love. We forgot uh-huh, about how uh-huh. her leadership under her leadership, they had uh, a birth of a new nation. I mean, that can't be mm. understated. That can't be understated. And I guess, you know, when they showed up at her house at three o'clock in the morning, well, <laughs> she shut that down four to five hours later. Well, Mayor Ted Wheeler didn't shut this down, but he's announced that he's leaving his $840,000 condo after it's been repeatedly targeted by protesters who have set off fireworks and lit fires outside, which have left his neighbors living in fear. Well, I mean, you've got no one to blame but yourself, sir. Look at the actions that you've taken. Look at the way you're behaving. You degenerate. The way that you're out there endorsing this stuff. You're paving the way to allow this anarchy and this chaos to continue. You're telling your own police department to stand down. You're criticizing federal troops that come in to protect the courthouse that they're trying to prevent from being burned down with people inside of it. And what do you do? Do you stand up to the mobs that you so dearly love? Do you stand up to the mobs? No. 
he sent out a, uh, I guess he sent out an email or something. Uh, and he's told all of his neighbors that he will move out of his building, apologizing for the fear that you're experiencing due to my position. Uh, the fear that they're experiencing is due to your ineffectiveness, and it's due to your your lack of empathy. That's what you should be saying. That That's the excuse you should be saying. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm a loser and I have no fortitude about myself. And and, and I really I don't know how to stand up to these uh, to, to these bullies. And 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 quite frankly, I just uh, I, I just get down in the fetal position and I, and I scream whenever I get threatened. That's what you should be saying to the people that live in your building that you've got no backbone. You've got no spine. You're a loser. That's what you should be saying. I, I've dealt with little pipsqueaks like that my whole life. You, you run into the, the twerpy business type, right, with the slicked up hair. You, you run into them in the office place. You run into them in a corporation somewhere. They think they're all high and mighty. They're nothing. They're nothing. They're weak. They're pathetic. They've got no spine about themselves. They hide behind their positions. They think because they have that position, it gives them some kind of authority. It doesn't. It doesn't. You're supposed to be a humble person in that position. You're supposed to be serving the people underneath of you. You're supposed to be looking out for them. You're supposed to be fighting for them, whether it's in a corporation or elected office. And you don't. It's truly pathetic. It's truly pathetic to see how far we've fallen as a nation to sit there and have to look at scum like this. You just look at Ted Wheeler. Look at him. Does he look like somebody that's going to stand up for you? Does he look like somebody that's going to stand up for your community? Does he look like somebody that's going to stand up for your nation? God forbid you put him at the federal level. He's useless. And quite frankly, I agree with you, Bruce. He should be recalled. But again, I, and I agree with the recall system. We have the recall system. But here's the problem with the recall system. It takes too long. There's a lot of litigation. There are no guarantees that it's even going to work at the end of it. And they cost a lot of money. So if you can rally all that stuff, if you can get all the petitions together, if you can get all the signatures you need and, and file for all that stuff, and you can recall them, then you should, especially in a case like this bum here. But if you can recall them, great. But in the end, there's a guarantee. Uh, there's no guarantee you're going to be able to get rid of them and you're just going to be stuck with them again. That's the only downside to it. And there's no, I mean, honestly, I, I would say the guy's a, looks like a Nazi's sympathizer, but you know, that, that's obviously a little extreme. He's, well, but, I don't uh, think he's a... He, he's not a OK, I could I could go with a I could go with a sympathizer. I, I could go with that. But at the end of the day, he's scared. That's his problem. Mm -hmm. he's scared. He doesn't he doesn't yeah. have a backbone to be able to stand up to anything. Nothing. Yeah. And and the reason I'm saying is a Nazi sympathizer is because Antifa, they're using all the, the brown shirt tactics mm -hmm. uh, that the Nazis used. So, I mean, looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, smiles like a duck. Hmm. Are you saying it might be a duck? I'm saying it could be a duck. Yeah, okay, that's what All I'm right. saying. All right. Well, anyway, enough of this. Uh, enough of this idiot. But uh, Portland, uh, Portland. What, what do you think is going to happen uh, with Portland? Since, since we're talking, since we're on Portland, what do, what do you think is going to happen with Portland with, with all this stuff that's going on? I mean, you've got people that are headed into Portland now. I, I even heard the theme: the boys are back in town, as in the Proud Boys are going back to Portland. <laughs> so, and Trump's made a statement. He says, "Look, I don't want any of my supporters squaring off against these thugs in the streets." And so, I mean, it, it's <sighs> something's going to have to give here, right? So, something's going to have to give. If you're the DHS chief, he's already warned Ted Wheeler, "We're going to send federal troops in. We're going to." If you don't ask for it, we're going to do it anyway, which, quite frankly, I don't know why you're even asking. Just do it. But where, where do you think the breaking point is in Portland? So having the Proud Boys come in, this is the thing. Trump did say, and I believe that we would have to go back to the what he actually said, like the, the way it was worded. But I'm pretty sure the way it was worded was 
I would rather he didn't directly denounce people standing up and defending themselves and their property. What he said was, is I would rather train professionals and police officers to do it. Now, the media is saying, well, the Trump's um, he, he's um, enticing or, or saying, you know, basically telling his supporters that they should go out and do this. And, you know, he can't directly say that. And I don't think that's what he's meaning at all. But the Constitution does allow us to do those kind of things. Uh, when the government refuses to protect you, government gets its power from you, the individual, the governed. So I guess it's really, it depends on what the people are willing to do, how far they're willing to go. So if you're going to have mm -hmm. a group that go in like the Proud Boys and start defending, I have difficulty disagreeing with that uh, because yeah. the government's not doing it. And the, it's yeah. it's time for time for the Fed to, to, to go in and it's time to hit them with an iron fist. It's time to clean this up. People have lost their lives. People are having their rights trampled upon, which is that's the role of the government to ensure that uh, people's rights are upheld. And, um, you know, businesses are being lost. And we're also seeing uh, political figures also getting um, targeted and whatnot, even though I disagree with them. And this this is their own doing. Um, we still uh, I still think that we need the Fed to step in and uh, clean house. And you you ask yourself, OK, well, how can it get any worse than Ted Wheeler? Right. How can it get any worse than this guy? Do you think it can get worse than this guy? Because it can. Mm -hmm. There's a woman who's going to be running against Ted Wheeler. Uh, her name is Sarah Ionarone. I'm just guessing here. Uh, Sarah Ionarone. And they're saying that she could be Portland's next mayor. And she says her quote, I am Antifa. That's her quote. Is she one of the council members? Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but she says uh, this is this is her, right? She says that she's a left wing activist uh, and she's going to face off against Ted Wheeler uh, in the run in the runoff on November 3rd, which neither of which of those candidates have received majority of the votes right up to this point. But it says here that she has what well, her and others like her left wing activists have accused Ted Wheeler of being too tough on demonstrators. Did you hear what I just said? Too tough. They have accused Ted Wheeler of being too tough on demonstrators. Local progressive activists have called for Wheeler's resignation because he's being too tough on protest. Are you kidding me? Iona Roan's platform includes a, quote, housing for all and a pledge to slash the city's police funding. She's identified herself as a member of the Antifa movement in a January 2019 tweet. To those, this is her quote. She says, to those who say Antifa are violent thugs, I am not a violent thug. I am Antifa. I am Antifa because the red hats are coming down after brown and black people and Jews, after queer and trans people and more. They're coming after our democracy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. So this, um, this kind of sounds familiar from history, first of all. Second of all, where's your evidence to say that those groups are coming after those peoples, uh, the minority groups? I, I, we see no evidence of... Red Hats going after those people. In fact, Red Hats typically are supportive. In fact, the most supportive of Jews, specifically looking at the actions and, and the support from the, the Trump supporters, the Red Hats, as they say, this has been the most gracious, generous, supportive, whatever you want to say, to Israel than any other president in the last, what, four decades, five decades? I mean, I don't know where they're getting these these claims other than it's Nazi rhetoric before Hitler was elected. She's talking there about uh, the the violence and the rhetoric coming from the Trump base, right? Is that is that what she's saying? Mm -hmm. 
That, that's what yeah, she's that's, saying. That's basically what she's saying. She, yeah. She's taking yeah. that stance, right? She, she's taking that stance. Yeah. She's saying all this violence is is coming from the Trump base, and it's coming from the Republican side, and it, it's red hats everywhere, and they're coming down on on people of minority communities. They're coming down on people of uh, the LGBT. Uh, Q to pl- whatever uh, that they're, they're coming down on the um, uh, the trans movement, the LGBT movement, all, all of it. Right. That's what she's saying. That's exactly what she's saying. Yes. I would like to play a montage of politicians and news media people here. OK, I, I want you to hear. Now, mind you, these are all Democrats and the, all Democrat politicians. All of these. These are all Democrat politicians and these are all left-wing media outlets in America, okay? This is a compilation of all these people with the likes of which of Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, Joe Biden, just to name a few, okay? So I I want you to hear the rhetoric that's coming out of the American left that they're saying is coming out of the American right, okay? I want you to hear this. And then after you hear this, you tell me where the hatred, the division, and the violence is coming from. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick them. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. And that's a fact. Look, as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution are, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't they're not going to let up and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. I think we uh, we see where the violence is coming from, don't we? I mean, the American people have to be able to see through this at this point. Wouldn't you agree? Would you not agree with that after everything you just heard? After everything you just heard? Yeah, clearly it's Trump that's stirring up all the, the riots and stuff. <laughs> yes, of course. That's exactly what it is. And I'm glad you pointed that out, Bruce. I'm glad you pointed that. Out. I'm glad you cleared that up. All that misconception. How can anybody seriously sit there unless unless the only way I guess the the only way you could actually buy into that 
is if you watch nothing but the television and you get nothing anywhere else. That's the only way that I think you can be completely and utterly brainwashed into believing that. The riots in the streets, they own that. You can clearly hear them calling for it. And that was leading up to it. They own that now. And they're try- you notice they're trying to pull away from it because what's happening? What's happening? It's bad for the polls. People don't want their businesses burned. They, they don't want their communities destroyed. They don't want their, their jobs to go away. And that's precisely what they're doing. They're taking it away from everybody. And it's, it's really, it's really just, it's despicable. It's absolutely despicable to sit there and to, and to even entertain these people. These people should be in prison for what they're doing. And if the right was out there doing it, guess what? They should be in prison too. And I would shout that down all day long because it should be shouted down. If people don't come to grips with this by election day, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know what to tell you. Now, I, I know for a fact, I, I know there's Democrats that listen. I know there's Democrats that listen. And, you know, I, I heard this put really well the other day. The Democrats that I know, I know Democrats, right? They don't hate the country. They don't hate it. We disagree on things, but they don't hate it. The way I heard it yesterday was they don't hate the country. Your average Democrat, by the way, not the wound up lunatics out there in the streets. I'm not even sure. That, I mean, that they'll they'll end up destroying the Democrats. I mean, you already see them doing it. They're already going after the mayors. But the average Democrat out there that I know, we celebrate the 4th of July together. We have barbecues. You know, we watch baseball games. People stand up and if you're out with them somewhere and the national anthem's playing, if you're at a at, if you're at a sporting event or something, they stand too. They don't hate the country. But you see what their policies have done. And you see the the despair in the cities. And, and I'm not talking about just major cities either. You know, the smaller cities are off to the side. Because as far as I know, I don't think there's a single red city in the entire in the entire country. I think there's one, maybe, but that's an independent. I mean, the average Democrat, they didn't sign up for this, did they? So here's the thing. OK, the, the average voter, I, I think the average voter, I agree. They don't see this like this is bad. They want the they want this cleaned up. They you know, that's kind of my general belief in that one. However, the Democrats as the organization, I believe thought these protests were going to be beneficial to them, that these, these, excuse me, these riots were going to be beneficial to them and that they would basically make Trump look bad. And in so doing, potentially people would go to Joe Biden saying, hey, look, because you've seen Joe Biden talk about this, right? And where he's saying this is Trump's America, completely forgetting about the fact that Black Lives Matter actually started under your watch, vice president. But that that doesn't I mean, that doesn't matter. Right. Goldfish mentality. They think they can get away with it. There was a bunch of police that were injured and whatnot because of the BLM riots and the kind of things that were going on. But yeah, yeah it's all good. It's it's this is this is Trump's America now. So, I mean, you can't seriously sit there and expect that agenda to be flipped back. There's no way that you see they're trying to flip that agenda back. And, and what does Biden do? He has the gall to come out and say that, um, of course, he did. He had his little uh, his little hiccup. He says Trump is stroking the fires of and violence in the cities. Not yeah, st- not stoking. He said stroking. <laughs> not stoking, but stroking. Yeah, not stoking, yeah. stroking. Yes. <laughs> you know, I don't think Trump. I, actually, I will say this: depending on on media narrative, which we know is going to be negative, but depending on the the, the little sound bits and uh, sound clips and everything that they they play, you could say. Well, he's stoking violence because he didn't directly say that the that the uh, uh, supporters of his going out there and taking up arms and, and protecting their property. He didn't disavow them. He just said they reinforced the police and said, you know, we, this is why we need the police there. I would prefer professionals there on the scene protecting people. But the thing is, is just as we've seen in that montage, 
the Democrats for years have been calling for violence. And could you imagine this? Could you imagine a white actor standing on the stage when we had Obama as president, a half black man saying, when was the last time a celebrity assassinated a president? Do you know the kind of investigations that would go on to look oh, into this it guy? Been crazy. It would have been absolutely crazy. And the media would have had a heyday with it because it was oh, yeah. at that time. I mean, he was the Messiah. He was do no wrong. Hell, he can still do no wrong. But the agenda's there, right? The agenda's there. The agenda's that's being pushed. The agenda's real. And to sit here and to listen to these hypocritical people, I, I think I think the polls are showing the the way that they're uh, that they're skewing this. Oh, they're showing all oh, yeah, Biden's up four, Biden's up eight, Biden's up nine, whatever. You can't believe those polls anyway. Gallup, Rasmussen, uh, five three eight. Uh, New York Times, Axios. You you can't put faith in those polls. I've never liked polls anyway. I I never liked the agenda. But on Election Day, it's going to show. And they're pushing for mail-in voting. Mail-in voting. Do you know how many mail-in ballots they've sent out? Do do you know how many mail-in ballots the Democrat Party sent out? 80 million. 80 million ballots. That's not going to be a problem or anything. So I tell you what's going to happen on Election Day. More than likely, it's going to be a landslide for Trump. It's going to be a landslide. And you're going to go to bed that night and it's going to be a Trump victory. But the Democrats are going to come back later and say, oh, no, wait a minute. Wait, 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 hold on. And they're going to drag it out. Now, I could be wrong here. This is why they're saying Trump's they're already setting the stage for it. You notice that this is why they're saying Trump's not going to leave. And the Democrat Party shopped going to the military to try and see if they could get them to go along with it. And the military said, no, we're not doing it. The generals at the Pentagon said, no, we're not doing that. You're crazy. And so now they're not on board with it. So now they have to go for a full for a full on uh, stealing of the election. They're going to do it right out in the open. But I'm actually curious to see how they're with, with the amount of ballots, with the amount of, uh, of, of fraudulent mail in ballots that see, this is why they're continuing to push for it, because they, they can't win. They can't win. There's no way they can win. And with the amount of ballots, how can you push that onto electoral votes? How, how, I don't understand how that transfers, because we have a system where you win the electoral college, you win the electoral votes. The popular vote doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Which we've heard nothing but, well, Hillary won the popular vote this whole time. This is why they want to abolish electoral co- the Electoral College, because they can't win any other way. They can't do it. They know they can win off of a popular vote because they can steal the, the votes that they need. Look at what they're doing with the ballots, the mail-in ballots. And we saw a video last night of what, Bruce, the, uh, the U.S. Postal Service guy throwing away all those uh, Republican ballots. Yep. Come on. You're t- come on, man. You're, you're telling me that they're not going to do that on Election Day? Come on, man. No, I mean, no, of course not. This is uh, it's a federal election. Of course, they're going to play by the rules and you know, not commit um, voter fraud. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not like we have like voter ID or anything or any any kind of regulation or restriction there to, to protect us uh, from from voter fraud. I mean, it, isn't there some kind of like, uh, I don't know, tracking system that you could do statewide to where, you know, a state could institute as they're counting up, just have like the a, a statewide tally board or something so that when one vote comes in from one person, they can market it as, well, this person already voted, this person already voted, you know? I mean, it would put you at risk for, for hacking, but some kind of internal system like that might not be a bad idea because uh, having 40 votes come in and uh, they're all from one person, uh, do they pay attention to that? Well, let's take a look at... Uh this last pillar of the community here, an Antifa commander. Okay, he's uh, he's he's uh, his real name is Matthew Banta, right? He was previously arrested. He posted bond after allegedly allegedly pointing a loaded rifle at a cop. Okay, so he was on his way to another protest. This is in Green Bay, Wisconsin. He was on his way to another protest, and he was caught with a flamethrower, smoke grenades, and fireworks. Right now, while he was going to a protest, he had these things. 
I don't know of any protests that require flamethrowers, smoke grenades, and fireworks. I, I don't. I don't think that that. Uh, I don't think that qualifies as going to a protest. He was charged with obstructing an officer and two counts of felony bail jumping. Uh, he's also known to be a violent Antifa member who incites violence in otherwise relatively peaceful protests. So he's one of these agitators, huh? Wonder how much Soros is paying him now. Bruce, I want you to understand this is a very important guy in Antifa. Yeah, he's a very important guy. He's also known as Commander Red. So see, he's important. He's important. Hmm. Commander Red. Right. That must be his that must be his video game name. He was on his way to the protest and uh, the, the Green Bay police got a call and they were told that a whole bunch of white people with sticks, baseball bats and helmets were headed towards the police in an altercation. And the police chief has come out and made a statement after they made several arrests and said, I don't know who comes to a protest with a baseball bat for anything other than criminal or illegal activity. True statement. Responding officer said he saw four individuals walking towards a protest with baseball bats. One man was wearing a metal helmet with goggles and military style gear with multiple pouches and was carrying an Antifa flag, which I think that's a banner of peace, right? Isn't, isn't that what that is? It's a ban- banner of peace. You know, they're just there to say hello. When the officer pulled up in his squad car in the front of the group, they ran away. Cowards. The officer caught Banta, the, you know, Commander Red. Uh, he was carrying mm-hmm. the flag. Now, see, he was leading the charge, Bruce. He had the flag. Yeah, he was he was the commander. And uh, the officer said that uh, as he pulled up and, and he snatched this, this scumbag up, um, he immediately dropped to the ground in the fetal position and he began crying. Uh, yeah, and, and no no one was on top of him or anything. He was just down in the fetal position crying. Do, do, do you see who these people are? Do you see who these people are? They're weak, pathetic people. They have the wound up, hardened revolutionaries. They're at the top commanding all this. The ones that are out there in the streets, they're not the tyrants. You might think they are, but they're not. The brown shirts in Germany were not the tyrants. The black shirts in Mussolini's fascist Italy were not the tyrants. I heard a good term for these people that were out in the streets. Proxy authoritarians. That's what they are. They're not the authoritative ones. They're just out there to menace you. They're out there to menace the public. They're out there to bully you into submission and to terrorize you. Hence why they are domestic terrorists. That's their purpose. At the end of it, they're going to be flushed because these people like people like this, they don't make it to the end. They don't make it to the other side of whatever system comes in either way. But they're not the ones that you need to be concerned about. The ones you need to be concerned about, they're not going to get in the fetal position and and cry like a uh, cry like a baby. They're not. Those people will fight you to the end. And so they're not going to be out there on the street with all this. They're going to be behind the scenes coordinating, and they're going to be getting their orders from the bosses above them, who are the corrupt finance capital and the capitulated elected politicians that are endorsing this. These people are terrified because they know they're about to lose. And so that makes them even 10 times more dangerous than what they normally are. I mean, they are dangerous. They're revolutionaries. The ones that are in elected positions that have capitulated to this, they've sold out to it. They're no different than... You could use the American term back in the day, the Indian chiefs that sold that sold their own people out or the Mandarin Chinese, the Chinese Mandarins. Same thing. Or the ones that worked for the Nazis, the collaborators for the for the Nazis, the ones that the ones that collaborated with uh, with Hugo Chavez, that type. If you want to send a message to these people, if you want to shut this down, then you have to take the steps that we talked about earlier. It's the same concept. It's the same concept. Voting is not going to get rid of this. Just voting one way or the other is not going to get rid of this. You have to come down hard with arrests, mass arrests of the leadership. You can clean up the garbage in the streets easy enough, right? That's easy enough. You go in, you send in some TAC units, you send in the 82nd Airborne, done. It's done. You can clean that up in a day or two. They'll get the hint. 
But the leadership, the ones that are financing it, you have to set an example with that. You have to arrest them. You have to do it quickly. You have to try them as enemies of the state and you have to deport them, preferably to Guantanamo Bay, because that's what they are. They're, they're domestic terrorists. What else do you want to call it? What, what else do you call that? And you have to hang very heavy prison sentences over their heads. And you have to do it publicly because otherwise they don't stop. They don't stop. They're also hitting the home of the San Jose mayor now, aren't they, Bruce? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't agree with going after these um, politicians like this in their homes and defacing property. And at the same mm-hmm. time, this um, he's, he's a supporter of theirs. So well, yeah, but it just shows that they're turning on their own. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I want to chuckle and laugh at them turning on their own and eating their own. I really do. The problem is, we've talked about it before, when they go after one group and we don't stand up for that group, they'll go after the next. And then eventually they'll go after you. And no one's there to stand up for you because they were all taken down. So though I, I, I kind of chuckle at them going after their own, at the same time, we're next. We may not be directly next, but they're going to keep growing. And, you know, it, it's, it's like any other terrorist organization, right? The more you let them run freely w- without any opposition, or if there is any opposition and it's limp-wristed and, and they're able to overcome the opposition, it just emboldens them. They grow and... Uh, they, they continue mm-hmm. to become more bold. Mm-hmm. And see, that's the problem. That's why I say you have to come down on them hard and you have to yep. hold heavy prison sentences over their head. You have to do it because they're not going to like they don't know anything else. They don't know anything else. And I, I actually heard a question that was posed that I was listening to a conference call the other day. There was a um, there was a question that was posed to I believe it was a city mayor. I have to dig it up. I'll see if I can play it here uh, tomorrow. No, it won't be tomorrow. Uh, well, maybe we can play it in the morning uh, tomorrow. But uh, the question was, they were referencing BLM and Antifa, and they said, are either one of these groups of any use to society? Before the person could answer, their PR rep stepped in and said, OK, we're going to have to stop this conversation. Uh, we can't we can't allow that and we can't take a stance on on that particular issue. What does that tell you? Like I said, I'll, I'll find the clip. I, I heard it this morning. I'll, I'll have to go back and dig it up, uh, but uh, we'll have to play that tomorrow. But anyway, I, I want to say get out there and vote, but um <sighs> And they're, they're doing a great job at disenfranchising. <laughs> uh, they're doing a great job at that. Yeah. And well, see, Bruce, the easiest thing to do, just vote by mail. That's all you have to do. Just you don't have to go out to the polling place. Just vote by mail. Much safer. Just stay in your house. It's fine. It's fine. If you can't so, trust the vote by mail system, what can you trust? That's democracy. The the photographs I've seen of. See, I, I've not received a, a mail in ballot. Right. So I, I don't know the packaging on on what they look like. But my understanding is, is the envelope looks um, unique, right? Or, or is that or is my assumption incorrect? No, 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 no. You're right. They, they look unique. OK. Yes. So they look unique, which means they're easy to identify, which means it's easy to pick them out of uh, the file. And I get for sorting purposes, it makes it easy for them to, to pick it out for sorting. But it also makes it easy for anybody with uh, malice intent. So I don't know. I, I kind of went off on, on that other the mailing ballot thing. And it's just our, our system is in such a bad way right now that, yeah, let's say we go after the, the, the heads of these organizations, the people that are financing it and everything. What about the average person? What about the mail carriers that are willing to throw away ballots knowing that they're Republicans or, or Democrats even either side? I don't care. Or what about the ones that are supposed to be tallying the votes? How do we know that we can trust them? I mean, it's just there, there's so many broken pieces to our system that it's like this is not the time to be trying to change everything and do mail in stuff. 
This is not the time to do it. Not in the middle of all this turmoil, not in the middle of saying that our president is is a fascist and all this kind of stuff. Now is not the time to start changing how our vote works. Um, Actually, I disagree. I disagree. Now's the perfect time to start changing all this stuff while everything's in a state of flux and everything's confused. Now's the perfect time. I'm not saying I would do that. I'm saying now's the perfect time for the ones that are doing it to do it. Well, okay. If uh, no crisis is to go to waste and uh, we were to use that as constitutional conservatives, you know, libertarian types. Okay. Let's not let this crisis go to waste and say, look, you guys want to ensure that your vote counts. We need to have better systems in place to to ensure that your vote is counted, that they can't forge your vote, you know, having your ID tied to it or uh, voter ID that's tied to it or whatever, right? There needs to be a long process, not a long process, but a, a process that is secure. To get a driver's license, to get an ID, you have to present, at least in this state, you have to present not only your birth certificate, but also your social security number, right? Why not have something like voter ID? Similar to that. Well, I mean, I have a voter registration card. How hard is that to put it as an endorsement on something? How hard is that? But see, the problem is, is you run into it with, you know, you can make the case for the national ID and they've been doing that for a long time, which, well, Bruce, I got an idea. I got an idea. Let's let's just put all of our voter information on a little chip. You know something? It's a great idea. I know where you're going with that. It's a great idea. I know you're being somewhat facetious, but at the same time. Very facetious, yeah. It really is a great idea at the same time. Mm. That's that's where we're at, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Because that would solve a lot of problems or potentially yeah. could solve a lot of problems. Yeah. Okay. We are out of time, so we are going to have to jump. Uh, we did run a little over there. So um, for those of you who have not, you would like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. We love getting all of your echoes, your likes, your feedback, your comments. You can follow me over there at Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. And for those of you who would like to reach out to us and you don't want to do it on social media, you can drop us a line anytime you wish at tips at dynamicindependence.com. Also, we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends and family. Uh, we're trying to grow our audience as much as possible, and we do need your help in order to do that. Any chance you get to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates to help us bring like-minded people together, we would greatly appreciate that. And we thank you very much for that. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could please drop over to Apple Podcasts, give us a rating at your convenience. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.